Chapter 13. I was talking to my half-sister Michelle on Zoom in September 2020, and she said to me, I really think Clotine's living her best life now. Her conviction ended up being the best thing that happened to her. She didn't have to pay court costs or a fine, but she had to continue going to a schizophrenia support group to meet with her probation officer, to continue to seek treatment with a psychiatrist. It seemed like everything the court had ordered her to do was good for her. Best life. Why couldn't she have done something stupid like that a while ago, Michelle asked wistfully. Well, she did, I said, careful to keep any edge out of my voice. She did do stupid things. I recalled how Clotine drove unregistered cars in Phoenix, how we lived with strangers, how many times I climbed onto our apartment building roof or sat in strangers' cars without any adult to stop me. She was a woman, I said carefully. Having me with her as a young child in some ways protected her. Plus, if she didn't have a child, she probably wouldn't have been at all invested in keeping herself safe at all. It's hard to give Clotine credit for anything, but the truth is she was not completely oblivious. She at least knew she couldn't leave me home alone as a toddler, that I had to go to school, I said, recalling one of the families she'd left me with whose sons regularly beat me up. I think she was able to get compassion from people because she was a mom, I concluded uneasily. Is she living her best life now? I think so. But just like when someone's best isn't good enough, sometimes their best life isn't really a very good one. In so many of the Pippi Longstocking stories, as hard as she might try to be good, Pippi always ended up in trouble. Except Pippi was a girl and a fiction. Clotine was a 74-year-old woman when she set the fire in her senior apartment complex. She is lucky she found treatment. She is lucky to be stable. And she's lucky to be alive. But before she received treatment, Chloe was charming and full of interest in life. She followed the news, astrology. She read tarot cards. She had tiny... Hi, Em. Hope you are done with the indie travel, etc. I was really worried about you and your driving in all of this heavy rain we had these last two days. Wednesday, I took a cab to SBH Medical and got Tiny's liquid medication. She takes it twice a day and her heart medication once a day. Nothing happening here. I did hear on the news that you can double your money by folding it over and putting it in your pocket. Ha ha. Love, mom, and tiny. When she started her medication for schizophrenia, she had major side effects. She developed a flat affect. Talking to her suddenly became uncomfortably boring. She was monosyllabic. Her lack of interest in conversation made me realize that a lot of what had fueled her conversations in the past were her delusions. We never had normal conversations. And now that she didn't have delusions anymore, there was little to say, even after her doctor found a better medication. She didn't care about tarot or astrology anymore either. She always retained the flat affect. 
she would just lose interest on the phone after about 10 minutes. Her charm seemed to be tightly interwoven with her paranoid delusions, and the medication caused her to lose both. When I look back at her emails from before the fire, I can see that. Hi, Em. At Sugar Grove now, they use the two entrances that were created for people to go over to Walmart as a racetrack all night long now, just going around in circles. Plus, I know the ways of these people here and know who to avoid. Hi, Em. Other Shih Tzu here named Franny has what looks like dandruff. Owner Julie says doctor thinks dog has allergies and should have a spoon of olive oil each day. But that was a week ago, and the dandruff stuff has doubled. Looks to me like they have been washing her with human instead of dog shampoo. Found a house for $500 down. Total cost, $13,500 at $99 per month. I would definitely consider that if it is in Franklin County, so I would still have cab service. From 2012. Good morning, relatives, friends, and acquaintances. This is a letter letting you know of the tarot readings that I do for myself and others. I want you to know that I can always do a tarot reading for you over the phone or through a question you send me in the mail. You would ideally call me at least an hour before the reading and let me know what your question for the tarot is. Then I could do all of the research in my various card decks and give you a much better reading than an on-the-spot reading can do. Your birth date would be helpful, but not necessary. I want to make it clear that there is no monetary charge. I am simply an old lady trying to reach out to people with an old science that I have discovered. It has worked for me and often takes the burden of decision much lighter. Living her best life now. She's certainly living a more stable life than she ever has. Recently, during one of our weekly phone conversations, she told me a new next door neighbor had moved in with a dog and the dog wouldn't stop barking. She seemed annoyed. I even glimpsed an ember of anger glinting from underneath her flat tone of voice. So I responded by saying, you know what? If that dog is bothering you, then he's bothering other neighbors too. I'm sure one of them will say something about it. Let's just see how it goes. Maybe the dog is just getting used to his new apartment. She agreed. The next week I checked in. The dog's fine, she said. I think he was just getting used to the place. Fantastic, I thought. That meant her annoyance with the dog wasn't a symptom of anything else. But I can never assume that. A part of me will always worry she will lie to me about taking her medication and develop new, unspoken delusions about her neighbors and burn the entire building down before I realize what's happening. I've seen too much to fool myself into anything else. She has the choice to stop the meds, decompensate, and become psychotic, unable to do the things she needed to do to stay on her own. Then she would do something that could land her in jail, hurt someone, hurt herself. Or she can choose to live a life on medication that deadens her interest in the world, but keeps her and the people around her much more safe. 
Even though it's been years, I still regularly ask her directly if she's taking her medication for her schizophrenia. Are you still taking your schizophrenia medicine? That's how I phrase it. She'd prefer I call it her nervous pills, but I won't. One of the things that she needs to do in order to stay safe and preempt any delusions is take her medication. But another thing she needs to do to keep taking her medication is be as honest with herself as she can that she has schizophrenia. She needs to be reminded. I need to remind her. Schizophrenics Anonymous reminds her. I need to use the phrase, your schizophrenia medication. If I called them her nervous pills, I'd be minimizing her illness and I'd be protecting her feelings because she would love to pretend she doesn't have a severe mental illness. But pretending she doesn't have a severe mental illness in order to spare her feelings puts her in danger. As I learned to remind her directly that she has an illness, I realized the same is true of my alcoholism. To be an active alcoholic is to live inside a delusion. I lived inside a delusion. I believed that I was not an alcoholic and that things weren't that bad. I had a rationale for every terrible decision I made. I justified my behavior by minimizing it, by deflecting any questions about it, by gaslighting those around me. You'd drink too if you were married to my husband. Or, can't you see I'm dealing with constant back pain? All I want to do is not live in pain. Part of the treatment for alcoholism involves not minimizing how bad it was. Did that really happen? Was it really that bad? Did it even matter? Yes, during my Senate campaign, I had a drunk volunteer driving me around. That really did happen. It really was that bad. It really did matter. Yes, I gave up custody of my youngest daughter willingly during her senior year in high school. I chose drinking over her. That really did happen. It really was that bad. It really did matter. Yes, I married two men I didn't love within three years. That really did happen. It really was that bad. It really did matter. A very large part of my recovery from alcoholism is the daily maintenance of my tether to reality. I guess you could call that honest thinking. If I couldn't be honest with myself, then how could I be honest with others? I learned how to be honest in the rooms of AA. I don't try to forget or deny the past. My past actions, what I did and who it hurt, remind me that alcoholism is a mental illness. It wasn't a stage. I wasn't just nervous. I wasn't just weak-minded. I was in the delusion of alcoholic denial. It was that bad. Clotine and I, after all our screw-ups and letdowns and failures and nearly much worse moments, both lucked into responding to the treatments we tried. Just as my mom will always need to receive treatment for schizophrenia, there's no return to drinking normally for me. Once you're a pickle, you can't go back to being a cucumber. So I continue to take things one day at a time. 
I bought Clotine a Mac computer so she could have reliable access to the internet and the outside world. She called to tell me she couldn't get the computer to work no matter what she did. The display was on, but nothing happened when she tried to use it. I told her I'd be by to take a look. When I got there, I fussed with the computer a bit. I picked up the keyboard and noticed she'd found the small on-off switch and turned it off. Oh, hey, Mom, this is the problem. Just leave this switch on. You don't need to worry about burning out the battery, I chuckled. A moment later, someone knocked on the door. Clotine got up to open it. It was a friend coming to take her to church, one of the very few places she ventures to regularly. Take your time here, Emily, she said as she was leaving. Okay, I said. I don't have a key, though. A key, she asked. Yeah, to lock the door when I leave. Oh, she said, well, don't worry about locking it up. No one's going to come in here. And she left. <laughs>